With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. Sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs. We enjoyed those. And now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Well, I enjoyed hour one. I hope you did as well. You know what the general topic was going to be. going to be some college football conversations. So that's what we do on the Chuck Oliver Show. Uh, and I appreciate Barrett Salee, my good friend from CBSSports.com. I go all the way back, I mean, not quite 20 years, but 15-ish maybe, with him uh, back to CSS, Comcast, Sports Southeast, I believe it was called, and talking college football with him there. So Barrett Salee, appreciate his time. Also Chris Doring uh, from the SEC Network. And coming up in about 10 minutes, uh, Matt Jones is going to join us to talk Kentucky football ahead of their trip to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. And that's just a tremendously intriguing game. And then bottom of the hour, Jake Rowe. And we'll talk Georgia, Florida, but that's not as intriguing. The wild card potential for Anthony Richardson to make this. No, they could win. They could. If, if, if seven things all fall perfectly, I've said it. He could have four turnovers, but... Emory could play all the way, and the offense could have four turnovers, not just Emory. Um, they could split time and combine for four turnovers. They split time against LSU. You know how many interceptions they had? Four. Each had two. 
So that can happen as well. So if you go all the way with Anthony Richardson, think about it. Young man out there, redshirt freshman, uh, it would be his first start. And, and again, we're just we're, we're, we're spitballing, uh, folks. It ain't all going to be gold. So you send him out there. And I'm going to ask this question, and it's not it, it's sort of rhetorical. How bad could it really be over the course of four quarters? Do you think it could be so bad that he threw more than four interceptions? Because if he went all the way just himself against LSU, he would have had to throw four to equal the total. Now, Here's the, the the pushback on that. The goal isn't to have four or fewer interceptions. The goal is to have none. But uh, so I'm using that as the bracket, though. Maybe he has four turnovers. Who knows? Maybe he scores five touchdowns. And he is one of the few players that I see. Like Damian Pierce, I'm a big Damian Pierce fan, and I want to play him on prize picks. I want to play over on him every single Saturday, and I do sometimes. But uh, Damian Pierce, Malik, big, big, big Malik fan. Um, Naquan Wright, wow. Um, they don't have a lot of players who, in the open field against a Georgia defender, I immediately look at the UF kid and go, oh, no, he's going to win. Anthony Richardson, he's going to win. Like, Nicobe Dean is just amazing. And I, I think, I think Anthony Richardson may win. I think. I like to say it. And if if a Florida fan is entertaining, you know, what it is that whatever the scenario where we can get the dub tomorrow. In fact, do this because I've already thought about it, but everybody right now we're on in Gainesville. We're on a bunch of places in Florida. If you're a Gators fan, wherever you're listening, you're on the you live in Dubai and you're listening on uh, the 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 app or you get the podcast. Close your eyes. I'm going to ask you a question. Close your eyes. And as a Florida fan. The Gators win in Jacksonville tomorrow. Okay, what do you see happening? It's not Emory Jones getting loose on one. What did you just see in your your mind's eye? What did you, you just saw Anthony Richardson running free? What did you you didn't see Emory Jones lofting one into the end zone? You saw AR fifteen running around and just doing stuff. I told you, I've mentioned this before. I coached in high school against a team called Forest Park. And I would always do the first run through on the tapes. And it would usually take about uh, 30 minutes or just to get the basic sets they would line up in, do the defensive ends crash, you know, whatever. So it'd be about a half hour and I'd get everything and I'd know, okay, we're good. Flip it over. Give me the offense about a half hour. We were playing Forest Park, and I came in with the offense after about five minutes. I was like, I'm done. Head coach was like, how you done after five minutes? I was like, I don't know that they call plays. He's like, what do you mean? Well, they got this kid named Hans Ward, and they just kind of snap it to him. And I think he just kind of does stuff. And they do run patterns. I mean, they were calling plays, but you know what the real play was? Snap it to this kid named Hans Ward, and, yeah, he'll probably do something. That's Anthony Richardson and Dan Mullen. Yes, he calls plays, and they're great plays. They're as well-designed plays as possible. Do you know what I've seen with Anthony Richardson mostly? Okay, well, I'm going to do something. So that there's your chance. There's your chance. And so I'll ask Jake Rowe about that, the ability to, you know, what's he, what does he believe Georgia will see on offense from UF and what that scratch-off lottery ticket is. Anyway, um, I had some Sunbelt expansion news, and I had UCLA. Chip Kelly. 
he got himself a big time quarterback commit. Um, but ah. Eh, it's UCLA and it's Sunbelt and we will get to all of and the Sunbelt expansion doesn't happen for two years so I have plenty of time to mention it and I would rather talk UF and and Georgia anyway so that's what we did all right we're gonna break come back talk Kentucky next to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Tomorrow night in Starkville, the 6-1 Kentucky Wildcats coming off a bye week. They will be in Starkville playing a, a, a very good Mississippi State team, a plenty-worthy opponent. Um, do, can Mississippi State win? Absolutely. Would it shock me if they did? No, it wouldn't shock me if they did. It's an SEC team with kind of a salty defense sometimes and challenge on a blah. You know all about the Bulldogs. And they're at home. And so, of course, they could beat Kentucky tomorrow. I don't think they will, but they could. And then next week, the 6-1 and one Wildcats are at home against a Tennessee team, which suddenly looks kind of fun. And, and they pressure you. They pressured Alabama. Okay. Then there are three other games. Folks, and I'm going to say this, and I'm not a Kentucky fan or grad or booster. I don't mail them checks. I'm going to whisper this because I don't want to jinx it. And I don't even believe in superstition. They're 6-1, and one, and it ain't that bad going forward. Like, they could be 11-1. and one. I want to welcome on a guy who does not have the choice to speak softly. Uh, he is on all throughout the state of Kentucky. And, again, uh, Matt, let's talk about it. Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio. It's not outlandish. The Wildcats could be staring at 11-1 and one this season. Well, I mean, that's certainly the case to the point that, honestly, they're favored in every game left. So, I mean, why can't they finish 11-1? and one? You know, the, the thing about Kentucky this year they had a schedule that when you looked at at the beginning of the year, you go, well, that's, you know, that's kind of a difficult schedule, but it ended up not being as difficult because probably the two most disappointing teams in the SEC were both on Kentucky's schedule. Now, at the same time, though, I will note part of what makes them the most disappointing is the fact that they lost yep. to Kentucky. So in some ways, in some ways, Kentucky can't win in that because then when Kentucky wins, that means the team they beat were disappointing rather than just going, heck, Maybe Kentucky's good, and I think Kentucky is good. You know, they lost 30-13 to 13 to Georgia, but if you watch the game, Georgia was clearly a better team. There's no doubt about that. But Kentucky wasn't overmatched. It wasn't even like three years ago, Chuck, when they had that game to the SEC East and Georgia just overwhelmed yep. them. Kentucky – Kentucky was in that game. If that if if Jacques Jones the linebacker picks up the ball on that fumble, you know, it might have been a one possession game. So I think Kentucky is good. I do think, however, tomorrow's game is very tricky for them, and if they're not careful, they can go down there and lose. All right, let's start on defense with the Cats. Um, what is the likelihood? How do you believe this will pay, play out? Kentucky being patient enough to just keep making the tackle on the six-yard pass um, because that's how you beat Mississippi State. You can't get impatient with them. Well, that's what they all. That, but that's how Kentucky plays everybody. You know, I mean, they've taken a lot of criticism because they, early in the year, because their games against Missouri and South Carolina, who have not looked good, mm -hmm. were close. But the reason they were close is that's how Mark Stoops plays defense. Mark Stoops just sits there and says, "Beat me with the dink and dunks," and that's what you do against Mississippi State. Remember, Mike? How long's Mike Leach coach, Chuck? Twenty oh, years yeah. as a head coach. Twenty-five He's going back with mommy. Yeah. He's been shut out one time. And it was last year against Kentucky. It's the only time ever on offense he's been shut out. And that's because that's the way they play. And when you listen to Mark Stoops, he's not going to say, 
I've got Mike Leach figured out. But they they do believe that they're like the perfect defense against Mike Leach because they play that zone. You beat us with the short stuff. Mike Leach can't take that. He hates it. And I think there's a good chance that Kentucky will do it again tomorrow. Now, it is a road game in Starkville. It's at night. It's a huge game for Mississippi State. You look at their schedule, if they can win this game, they can probably go to a bowl that's as good as they've been to in five years. So this is a big game for them as well. For Kentucky, it's a game that sets you up to play Tennessee next week with a chance to, if you beat Tennessee next week, all but assure yourself a New Year's Six Bowl, which Kentucky has not had since the 70s. Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, continuing to talk about uh, cats and bulldogs tomorrow night. Uh, Josh Pascal, just uh, he's still pretty dang anonymous, and I can't talk about him enough. Um, there are injuries we'll get to around him, which actually make his performance even more impressive. But just drop Josh into a fishbowl by himself and talk about that ability. I mean, he just, and he's, he works like a Tamanian devil as well. He's getting double teams nearly on every play now, and he's still succeeding. I, mean, I knew he it. You know, Josh Allen's the best player they've had here on defense maybe ever. But Josh Pascal, he's not there, but he's kind of right below him. And his dominance this year has been impressive. You're right. You know, they've lost Octavius Oxendine and Marquand McCall, who were kind of right next to him and playing really, really well. They've lost them both with injury. And Pascal hadn't missed a beat. You know, he's still making plays. What's amazing about him is – his quickness side to side. You know, people focus on rushing the quarterback, and he's good at that. But what I think is more impressive is how many times he stops a runner in the backfield who would get a, who would get by an end almost every other end, yeah. and he stops them, and you have a three-yard loss instead of a 12-yard game. That's where he does his best work, and that's why I think he's one of the most underrated players in the entire country. Everybody on Kentucky, the, the focus is on Will Levis. It's on Wondell Robinson. It's on Chris Rodriguez, and it should be. But that dude is special. He's going to end up being probably a second-round pick in the NFL draft, and he was on no one's radar last year. And by the way, Chuck, Mark Stoops deserves credit. Every year there's a guy like this, right? Oh, absolutely. Josh, Josh, Allen, Josh Allen was a two-star recruit and became the fourth pick in the draft. Jamin Davis going into last year, nobody knew who that kid was. He goes 15th in the first round of the Redskins. Josh Pascal's the latest one. Uh, let's talk defensive line because I'm going to include the uh, walk-up linebacker position as well. He, on the two deep, there's a sophomore. Uh, Pascal's backup is a redshirt freshman. Sophomore, sophomore, freshman. Uh, it, it's just, I mean, everywhere up front. Is it Has it been a little too much for them in their playing time? Again, especially after the injuries? Because there's a lot of young kids getting snaps. Well, it was, it was weird. They basically had a, a recruiting class that just didn't pan out. So if you look at their defense, it's, they, when the season started, they started 10 seniors, but their backups are almost all freshmen and yeah, sophomores. Yeah. So you had a year that it just kind of got skipped in some ways, and that's been a problem for them. Now, the thing is, those guys are all getting more experience, and they're playing better and better. Trevin Wallace, for instance, the guy who ran back the kick that they blocked from Florida, he's going to be a superstar here. Remember that name. In two years, he's the next Jamin Davis. You know, Jared Casey, J.J. Weaver, they're getting time. Justin Rogers was a five-star recruit, one of the highest-ranked recruits in U.K. history. He's now playing on the defensive line. But you're right, they're young. 
But but listen, man, they're getting their reps. All those dudes played huge minutes against Georgia and handled themselves decently well. Georgia beat them as they should have, but it wasn't overwhelming. And considering how many freshmen and sophomores had to play, I think it's a good sign for the future. All right, flip it over to offense. Two questions. First of all, we'll start with Will Levis. Uh, give me the summary after a little more than half a season. I think he's been above what our preseason thoughts would be. I think he is a he's the best quarterback Kentucky's had here since Andre Woodson. Now, he doesn't he doesn't he hasn't, I think, completely clicked. Like I still don't think he's hit his peak yet, but he gets better every week and he makes the big play when he needs to. I mean, that's the thing. On third and six, he's gotta get six yards and he finds a way. Whether it's throwing it on a dime, scrambling. He makes, I mean, he makes plays. Now, with that said, he's not consistent, and I think that frustrates people sometimes, but I think his two best games have been his last two games. I thought he played awesome against LSU, best performance. I mean, he's named National Quarterback of the Week, so clearly other people did too. But against Georgia, he played really well. He was 22 of 32, but the 10 incompletions, five of them were stone-cold drops that the receivers made, which has been, as you know, Chuck, a problem for a decade oh, yeah, for Kentucky. Yeah, Their yeah. receivers just can't catch. But Come back, Randall Cobb. Think, well, and, and there's young guys. There's going to be a new generation of receivers there next year. But they just they have two guys on the roster who can catch, two. And one of them was hurt, Josh Ali. So that'll be better. But I think Levis has done a good job. And I think, I think if he continues the season he's having and he comes back, which I think he will, He'll be one of the top returning quarterbacks in America next year. Last question for you, uh, Cavassier Smoke. Tell me what he has kind of turned into, and I know that he has not turned into what Chris Rodriguez is, um, but is the scenario Rodriguez leaves after this year and Cavassier gets his season? Because he's suppo- if he's a typical running back, he's supposed to be griping and moping and carrying on and transferring, and I haven't heard that at least. No, I mean, I think I don't – I think he's good, but here's his problem. He's coming on the heels of three dudes who've yeah. all been awesome. Yeah. Boom Williams, Vinny Snell, and Chris Rodriguez. I mean, they've had, for all the problems they've had at receiver and even at quarterback, they've had seven straight years of superstar running backs. And I don't think Smoke is quite on that level. He's good, but he's not that good. And I think what what, what is a concern for him probably is there's a kid that is now taking some of his second string reps named Jaton McClain who had to sit out the first five games of the season. That'll be a battle next year as between those two as to who the running back is. But, you know, listen, Chris Rodriguez to me is the most underappreciated player on offense in the SEC. He's unstoppable, really. Now, I say unstoppable. Georgia kind of stopped him. Georgia is the only in the last five years. This is why I think that defense is so good. And remember, Mark Stoops said they were the 85 Bears of college football. Yeah. In five years, I have watched Benny Snell and Chris Rodriguez play against the best teams, Georgia, Alabama, and against all of them, even when they lost, they could run it right down their throats. That Georgia team last week, two weeks ago, it's the first time I've ever seen Kentucky not be able to run up at the middle against anybody. They got stoned, yeah. They are. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, that I appreciate it. That's the only time I've seen that. Matt, uh, we will obviously have you on, uh, especially if they keep rolling towards that 11-1 and regular season, brother. Thank you for your time. Thank you, man. All right. Matt Jones again, Kentucky Sports Radio. And it's not outlandish. It's not easy because going on the road to Starkville is not easy. It's attainable. Under there are all kinds of different qualifications here.
Um, and I don't necessarily have any investment in the outcome, but it's certainly attainable, especially with how solid this team is in, in just about every area. And Will Levis can turn it on when he needs to, um, especially when he has both of his weapons on the outside. Now he's back from injury. So uh, that's just a, it's a really good spot for uh, the Cats to be in. The Stoops has them in. And, and you also aren't likely to hear, I don't think, a lot of teams come calling for Mark Stoops. He's already kind of turned down uh, some of the top programs in America in previous offseasons. Great weekend of college and pro action ahead. Let's get you a look at some of the lines brought to you by BetUS. I'm Dan Matthews, and let's get to those odds. How about we start with the cocktail party down in Jacksonville, Georgia, a 14-point favorite over Florida. Dogs are minus 600 money line. Gators plus 450. Over-under is 51. Ole Miss is at Auburn. The home Tigers are the three-point favorite. They are minus 140 on the money line. The Rebels are plus 120. Over-under is 66. Michigan on the road. In-state rivalry game against Michigan State. They're also a four-point favorite. Wolverines are minus 190 on the money line. Spartans are plus 165. Over-under is 50 and a hook. Ohio State hosting Penn State. Buckeyes favorite by 18 and a half. They are minus 900 on the money line at Nittany Lions plus 650. Over under is 61. How about the pros? The Steelers are at the Browns. Cleveland favored by three and a half. They are minus 180 on the money line. Pittsburgh plus 160. Over under is 42. Buccaneers at the Saints as Tampa Bay is favored by six on the road. They are minus 250 on the money line. New Orleans is plus 210. The over-under is 50. Sunday night football. Cowboys favored by two on the road against the Vikings. Dallas minus 130 money line. Minnesota is plus 110. Over-under is 55. How would you like to earn some money this weekend? Well, you can do so without even playing when you enter a couple of promo codes for BetUS with the promo code SST125. BetUS is giving you a 125% sign-up bonus. For example, that first deposit is $100. You're getting an extra $125. you using cryptocurrency? That's cool. Enter the promo code SST200. When you do this, you get a 200% sign-up bonus on crypto deposits. So if that first crypto deposit is $100, you're getting an extra $200. Let's look at some of the odds for the weekend coming up in football brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show i believe i'm supposed to be out of sorts a little bit I'm supposed to be either uh, outraged or have a bunch of question marks in the thought cloud above my head. Uh, what have you done to my game? Time was, and I mean, maybe even as recently as like last year or two years ago, whenever. But uh, time was, if you sat me down in July or August ahead of the season and said, Chuck, give the, the five or maybe the three games that no matter what, you got to make sure you're either there or you're in front of the TV for the three and a half hours. Georgia, Florida's on that, man. Well, so was Florida and Tennessee. 
or so was Tennessee and Bama, and so was OU and Tech. Eh, stuff changes. Oklahoma and Nebraska was on the list. It, stuff changes. Uh, and this year, because of the Gators, this game, I actually have had Georgia fans, plural, tell me uh, that uh, the short version, I'm not going this year. We had plans and tickets. Eh, we're not going. Not big enough game. We're going to save our money for December and January. Good to be a George fan right now. I want to welcome on a guy that we always love catching up with when it's time to talk dogs. From 247, it's Jake Rowe. Jake, amigo, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Chuck. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Uh, I see the future. Tomorrow at kickoff, you're going to be in the stadium. You will not see half of it's orange and half of it's red. That's not going to be a 50-50 split tomorrow, is it? No, Georgia's probably going to have a few more people in there. And, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you lose three ball games, and that kind of takes a little luster out. It's the first time that it hadn't been a top ten matchup in the past, you know, and had a little three-year stretch going there where it was a top ten yeah. matchup, and it's no more. And so there are some fans that have said, hey, there's an opportunity. I think I'll go down to Jacksonville because I don't go very often. But I've heard from two Georgia fans who go, you know, most seasons to every season and saying, dude, I'm saving my money for playoffs. Um, I can talk about that, and you and I could project, but the point is – I mean, the kids today, they, they don't have to go watch SportsCenter at 11 o'clock to see what the world is saying. Um, how does Kirby and the staff and the seniors and whoever else, how do they keep it just being Jake and Chuck thinking about December and January? That's a good question, Chuck, because, I mean, I think, you know, if, if Nick Saban could put it in a bottle and sell it, um, he might not, you know, yeah. his family would never have to work again. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that's it's just tough with kids that age. And, you know, I think you have to kind of rely on your culture and you kind of have to kind of remind them what they've done to get there and how quickly it can go. I mean, Kirby says it all the time, and, and I know he's not the first one to say it, but humility is a week away. And Georgia can be humbled on, on tomorrow. They can be absolutely be humbled. Florida's good enough to beat them. Uh, and they, they've got to come out there ready to play. And uh, it's it's one of those things. I, mean, I think Georgia's going to win. I think this is really why well, I've probably said this a few times to you this year. It's another tough matchup for the team playing Georgia. It, it just is because, you know, Florida's got to try and run the ball. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, Georgia's got to go out there and play well or it can lose to anybody. Well, I appreciate where you started there. I'm supposed to ask you about the quarterback thing, and I and I will in a couple of minutes. But the point is that I think that they could start Stetson or JT or, or play both, and they'll still win. But we'll cover it. Let's talk about the question though. Uh, and you 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 started there, um, the ability to run the ball. Uh, Auburn could throw it a little bit, and Arkansas mm, threw it a little bit, I guess. Um, nobody essentially has – like Tank Bigsby had a nice run, a singular nice run to get in the end zone. Nobody really run the ball against them. Um, what about Florida's chances? Because they have really good senior running backs. Uh, what about their chance? Well, I, I don't think they're going to hand it off and run it. I just don't think that's happening. Uh, you know, I think that, that if anybody's going to run it, it's going to have to be Anthony Richardson or em Emory Jones because you kind of got to get you got to get an advantage uh, as far as hats. I mean, you you need to be able to double team somebody and still get a hat on a hat. And uh, you know, that's that's something I think Florida is a little bit more prepared to do from the design quarterback run game. Um, Arkansas didn't try it a whole lot with, with yeah. KJ Jefferson, and they were a little overmatched when they did. Um, you know, I think Florida's offensive line is low key probably one of the better ones they've had in a while. I, I mean, I think this is a unit that's playing pretty good football, played really well against LSU. LSU's a little bit of a different animal on the interior than Georgia is. 
but but I think that when you when you start talking about hey, what do you got to do to be able to move the chains on the ground against Georgia? You got to get your quarterback involved, and I think both Emory Jones and and Anthony Richardson can kind of offer some some issues for Georgia there. Um, but I also I think they can. I don't necessarily think they will um, because if Georgia does want to try and borrow from the secondary and put an extra hat and give their, themselves an advantage, then Georgia can do that too. And that's something they haven't had to do this year at all. And I think they're equipped to do it if they need to. All right. I'm not trying to overstate this, but Jake, I want you to get in Dan Mullen's mind space right now um, because we've got to establish a run. We at least have to try. You know, Dan always wants to run the ball anyway. Um so, Dan Mullen, we're going to try to establish the run. Okay, now it's second and nine. That, that already, you've run one play, and you're almost, you're like toeing the line of being in a corner of a predictable down and distance, and you're already in a dangerous situation, in my mind, against that Georgia defense um, after one snap. Second and nine, that's scary to me against the Georgia D. It is. And, and you know, that that's kind of one of those things, Chuck, where, that's one of the conundrums you face when you face Georgia defensively. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people I'm always kind of leery of sounding like, well, the team I cover, I think the team I cover is just indestructible, and that's not it. But if you're being honest about yourself, that's one yeah. of the things that makes this Georgia defense so great is because if you do, you know, come out there and you're like, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to figure out a way to run the ball a little bit and get it going. And then you try that and you're second and eight or second and nine. And then all of a sudden, that's kind of a more of a pass heavy situation. And, you know, Jalen Carter or, or Devontae White or Jordan Davis, instead of, you know, striking a blocker and, and, and holding them in place, well, in those pass heavy situations, they're penetrating, they're splitting the gap and they're trying to make a play in the backfield. You can real quickly end up in third and 11. And the situation situation gets even that more dangerous it really does man ain't no way around it um just talk about uh then georgia and again i'm not going to advance past tomorrow's game but uh the november schedule since i got you on the phone now um where's the landmine where's the where's the real challenge be be as candid as you choose to be because i don't find it well you know it, I, I, I think you got to be leery of tennessee I mean, ten, playing Tennessee in Knoxville, especially if that ends up being a night game. Sure. Um, you know, I think Tennessee is uniquely uh, able to maybe attack a Georgia question mark. I wouldn't call it a weakness. Maybe you would call it a relative weakness. But Georgia hasn't really been tested on the outside. I mean, I know Josh Van had a pretty good game against Amir Speed primarily. Um, you know, Georgia hasn't really faced a team that can really tackle with two wide receivers on the outside. Maybe Tennessee can do that a little bit. But at the same time, I don't know that Tennessee can kind of handle Georgia up front and get the time to do it. And that's something that a lot of teams struggle to do it. But that's the only one because Missouri, I think, is a little bit in shambles and they've got to play Georgia in Athens. And that's not going to happen. And, and you know, Charleston Southern, no. Georgia Tech, no. 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 So um, I, I think Georgia can, can probably – you know, get by with a B game against three out of four. Jake Rowe. Jake, we still got you, brother. All right, Jake, still there. Uh, could you clarify as well, last thing before I let you run, because they just re-upped the Jacksonville contract, I guess I saw. Um, strictly everything I've, I've told people, I was like, if you ever want to get to the heartbeat of Kirby, you want to find out what he's thinking, just ask yourself, how does it affect recruiting? Um, what is the bottom line as far as not being able to have official visits or recruits or give them tickets or whatever it is? What is the Jacksonville bracket for recruiting? Because I know that drives Kirby crazy. Well, 
I mean, there's just there's really no way to do it. I mean, Kirby has said it over and over and over again. They're going to need to get a good vote um, from from some people that have no interest in voting, you know, to to allow Georgia to have recruits for that game. So it's not going to happen. Um, but but at the same time, I think Kirby also knows that he's probably not he's not going to be at Georgia forever. No coach is ever going to be at a school forever. Yeah. And I don't know that he wants to be that coach that says, "Hey, take this thing out of Jacksonville." And then, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road, be the one responsible for that. Well, Jake, I always appreciate your insight, man. It's always good stuff. Thank you for making time today. All right. Thank you, Chuck. All right, Jake Rowe. Um, and that's a, it's a really good point because it would help Kirby in the immediate. Uh, do you want to be the guy who said, I am stone cold and uh, we are getting the game on my turf, whatever makes it easier for me? Do you want to be the guy that you leave that as part of your legacy? Can I ask that question just by itself? The answer is, of course you don't. Do you want to be the coach that wins three national championships? Man. I was going to say, you stole my thunder right there because <laughs> then be the guy that they say, hey, he took it out of Jacksonville, but damn it, he gave me some national titles. Yeah, they, um, you know, Nick Saban. There, there's a story about Mike. And by the way, I'm going to tell you, Mike Shula, I, I, I've talked to him a bunch uh, when he was head coach mostly at Alabama. I always found him to be about the nicest, most amiable guy out there. And he knows offense. He does. He didn't need to be head coach at Alabama, I don't believe. But um, he's just a really great guy. And I had heard that. I had uh, actually two of my fraternity brothers had played football with him down at Columbus High School, um, private school down in Miami. Um, and Mike Shula, there's a story that when he was head coach, as part of the personal appearances, he was standing on the back of a pickup truck holding a pie that was being auctioned off. And I wasn't there, and I ain't seen pictures, but I've read about it several times. So maybe Google if you want to find the details. But you got the head coach at Alabama auctioning off a pie. Um, and I'm sure it was for supporters and fans and maybe somebody who writes a check, and maybe it was a Baptist church down the street. Maybe it was a giant, you know, Birmingham alumni group. I don't know, but I don't care. Do you know what Nick Saban said? Yeah, I ain't selling pies. I'm trying to win titles. And so he ruffled some people. What are you done here? Well, nothing yet, but I'm telling you, I ain't selling you pie. And I think Saban, if I get the number wrong, I I think it was four or six or whatever. He's like, I'll do, I'll say it was six. I'll do six appearances a year. I don't care if it's the back of a pickup truck in a parking lot like Mike Shula. I don't care if it's a high school gym. I'll do, I'll do whatever. I think it was six. You line them up, I'll show up. That's all I'm doing. And so they, you know, Montgomery and Birmingham, you know, he has the same tour everybody has, except I think that that's, that's, at least that's how it was. That's how it was when he got there. I don't know what his schedule is now. He ain't selling pies. Um, he's trying to win national championships. And so Kirby, I understand you don't want that to be your legacy. And, and I think there's, there's a middle, it doesn't have to be an either or. Might you get one more recruit if you? Yeah, sure. Because you can't do it in, in Jacksonville. It's a neutral site thing. Um, so anyway, that's just it's it's the the it's a big big opportunity, and the business owners in Athens and also Gainesville. I'm it would be a boom. Once every two years, you get that week. Not even that day. You get that week. Once every two years, for somebody that owns a pizza joint in Gainesville or a barber shop in Athens or whatever, it changes your calendar year. It really does. So 
uh, Kirby, again, if that's what he's doing, taking the really bird's eye view, uh, good for him and being big in that case. All right, we're going to take a break, wrap up on a Friday next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. This is where we're at. You know, this is our confidence. We have not played the, our first two ACC games. We didn't play very confident in the first half. And then we got well behind, and then we played with great confidence and really almost had two phenomenal comeback victories. What would happen if we started the game believing in ourselves and having the same confidence that we finished? And, uh, and, and a lot of that is really what played out last week, Saturday, uh, against NC State. Hey, smell me. We got a good win last week on the road, and they did. That's Manny Diaz. He's the Miami Hurricanes head coach, and I hope it continues to be that way, not because I'm a Miami fan or like I'm a Florida State fan. Like, last thing I want you to do is fire him. Like Miami fans, don't fire Willie. Please don't fire Willie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just in general, I am always, about, except in the most extreme cases, where you know, yeah, we really biffed this one. Um Except in the most extreme cases, I'm always about an extra year. I am always about one extra season. It, it first you, unless you know that Steve Sarkeesian, for instance, is better than Tom Herman. Unless you know that, I know he's different. Unless you know he's better, I'm always about one more season. You're not that important and that on the cusp of a championship. That one more season, it might be the right call. It might be just as good a call. Or if it is one season later, mm, that stinks. But but at least you know more then. Uh, Miami Hurricanes, they have, they're on the road tomorrow against a really good Pittsburgh team that scores points aplenty, man. So, and, and I mean, it's against practically every opponent. And so Miami has been up and down uh, this season. And you look at some of their losses now, they lost to Alabama's bad loss. Uh, but it was to a really good team. They lost to Michigan State. It was a bad loss, we thought. Michigan State's undefeated. They lost by two against Virginia. They lost by three at North Carolina. Okay, I've just explained away four losses, though. See, that's the issue. I'm supposed to be telling you about this one two-point loss. Yeah, they were in Charlottesville and they almost won off the upright. That's what I can say. Otherwise, they'd be undefeated. No, otherwise, they'd only have three losses. So it kind of loses the steam there. I've been talking a lot about the challenge tomorrow for the Florida Gators. There are two numbers that shine a bright light on just how dominant Georgia's defense is this season. I will give you the top three scoring defenses in America in college football. In third, scoring defenses so far for the 2021 college football season. In third, Clemson. The Tigers' defense has surrendered 102 points throughout the first two months of the season. Second-ranked scoring defense in America, Michigan, has allowed 100 points to this point in the season. Top scoring defense in America, Georgia's allowed 46. So the top three, 102, 100, 46. Now, also ranked in there along with Clemson is Cincinnati, and there's uh, several good defenses there. And there's 
then there's the 103, and then there's 104, and then there's 105, and you go in increments like that. To go from two to one, you go from 100 to 46. Another number, Oklahoma's undefeated and could absolutely finish the season that way, rolling into the playoffs as the perceived and the advertised biggest threat to Georgia. This season, OU has 89 missed tackles. Georgia has 25. You're going into potentially a postseason where because we're going to look at the record and, hey, fix the offense, Caleb and Lincoln Riley, woo, here come the Sooners. They're 13-0. and 0. Ah, And you may even flex. Ah. Yeah, compare those two teams. 89 missed tackles. Georgia, 25. And those two numbers are only comparing UGA to elite programs or defenses or those having elite seasons. And they're not on the same continent as the dogs. Injuries would need to pile up, concentrated in a position group, notably the offensive line. That's what needs to happen for Georgia to not be 12-0. and Possibly 15-0. and Irk Russell would be proud. Google your computer if you don't know Irk. What up, Dan? Yeah, all you need to do is uh, Google, like you said, and then you're going to see this weird-looking bald guy with a gash on his face, blood on his face. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how that uh, experience is going to go. Um, you know, you're thinking about Nick Saban earlier. Uh, by the way, his birthday is coming up this weekend. Yeah, and I was looking at this, and I saw where they were like, hey, Coach, 70, it's a big one. What are you going to do? I want carrot cake. Which, look, I'm not looking down on the carrot cake. The carrot cake actually is probably one of the most underrated cakes that are Warm out there. slice of carrot cake. It's you put it in the good. microwave for yeah. about 10, 12 seconds. Carrot yep. cake is awesome. Yeah, you just got to make sure the frosting's not too tart. Uh, not yeah. not tart, but, you know, like it, it can have a little, bit too much, it. Yeah, a little bit too much cream cheese. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, speaking of Nick Saban, uh, this is the overall point today is, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie Catch Me If You Can, but it is uh, Tom Hanks who plays Agent Carl Hanratty and also, too, trying to get Frank Abagnale, yep. who is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. But there's a part in the movie that is reoccurring where it goes back in time, but then also forward where Tom Hanks always asks him because he had taken and passed the Louisiana State Bar. And he did this as a young kid. And he kept asking, how'd you do it, Frank? How'd you pass the bar? And the point is, we've already seen Nick Saban do that with somebody before. He did it with Tom Herman years ago, where when Tom Herman schooled Nick Saban in the Alabama coaching staff in the Sugar Bowl, before Tom Herman fully took over at Houston, he said, hey, on your way down from Columbus, would you mind making a stopover in Tuscaloosa? And he did. He handed him a clicker to the video board there in the coach's office and said, Basically, how'd you do it, Tom? How'd you beat us? How did you find a way to completely dismantle us that night and beat us in every single facet offensively? It's going to come full circle because I truly believe that Bill O'Brien, if Alabama does play out the string and finish the season with 11 wins, that's probably good enough to get them into the college or into the SEC championship game. The spending on, depending on what happens in Atlanta, maybe even a chance to get them into the college football playoff. But the fact that he has been deemed good enough to be able to coach with Nick Saban and has head coaching experience before, who knows? Like you were talking about earlier with Barrett Salee, maybe it's a return back to Penn State. 
But if that opening comes open, I would be very shocked and surprised if Nick Saban doesn't call up to the Chicago Bears and say, hey, Tom, remember those, uh, remember those times years ago when I asked you, how'd you do it? How'd you beat us? It's not passing the bar in Louisiana, but it's a chance for you to be able to come in and coach our offense and be able to work with this guy who, oh, by the way, this Bryce Young guy, I think you'd like him a little bit. I could totally see Tom Herman doing that. And kind of like Bill O'Brien, soon enough, that's where everybody says, ooh, yeah, hey, see, he is a pretty good coach. We need to give him another shot. I, I can't and either way, okay, I'm saying I don't know. I don't know what, what kind of stink Tom Herman has on him, and I'm saying if any, because a lot of coaches, when you have to do the rehab, you got some stink on you. That there was either recruiting there or immaturity here or what. I don't think he's got stink on him. I think that this is a poor commentary on UT. I think there's so much understood dysfunction in Austin that they look at Tom, like I think Tom Herman has the general impression of, oh, no, it wasn't you, it was them. Um, so he may be able to jump right back into being a head coach, but I agree with you. Anybody snag Tom Herman, and there's only a couple places that could? Woo! Thumb on the scale. Absolute. All right, wraps it up for the week, folks. Appreciate everybody getting in. We will join each other and hang out again on Monday with two hours of college football conversation right here on Chuck Oliver Show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.